This is the Teaching Primary Music Podcast, where you will learn effective, tried and true methods to teach children the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. I am Courtney Ekman. And I am Charlotte Dance. I'd like to introduce you to our special guest for this episode, Emily Pitts. She has served as the primary music leader four times in three different wards, and she was recently released as the stake primary music leader after serving in that calling for three and a half years. She is now the primary pianist. She has been married to her husband, Todd, for 33 years. She has four children and one granddaughter. So, Emily, I'd like to start out by asking how you found out about Sharla. Um, so I had been out of primary for a few years, um, serving as the Young Women's President and teaching early morning seminary. And I was called to be our ward primary music leader again. I had substituted several times and in kind of researching and getting back into primary after being out for a few years, I stumbled across Charla, her website, and then her book online. And I bought the book and read it and it like light bulbs were going off. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. It completely changed the way I approached primary music in that ward. And then I was talking to my sister she was the primary music leader again in her ward. And she said, have you heard of Charlotte Dance? And I said, yes, I have her book. And I sent my book to her and, and we were talking and we both said, we would love to go to one of those workshops, but they're nowhere near us. And that sparked an idea. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what it would take to get Charlotte to come to New Mexico. <laughs> By then I'd been called as the state primary music leader. And in trying to help a lot of these primary music leaders in our stake. And I got permission from the stake to invite her to come and to do um, a workshop for all of the primary music leaders in our stake. And then we kind of expanded it to anybody in the Albuquerque area. So I just randomly Facebook messaged Charlotte and said, hey, (laughs) what would it take to get you here? We would love to have you here. And she messaged back and said, I'd love to come. So we just spent a couple of months finding a time and getting all of the arrangements. And then the day came, my sister flew in. And we picked Charlotte up at the airport, and just it was just a fantastic weekend. We, the workshop was wonderful, and the discussion afterwards was wonderful. And that's how I came to know Charlotte. I love that you just had a prompting to connect with Charlotte, and you just simply followed it and did it. Emily uh, was wonderful to stay with. <laughs> the best part was afterwards, her sister and I and Emily sat around the dining room table. I think it was for a full hour. We just Mm -hmm. talked about, oh, here's the light bulb that went off. Here's what to do. And and they would ask me questions. And then I would be able to go in deeper into what kinds of things needed to happen. And they told me some of their experiences. It was, it was so fun. Thank you, Emily. That was so fun to be there. It, it was a wonderful weekend, and thank you for being willing to come, and it really blessed the, the primary music leaders in our stake, and, and by that, all of the primary children. I wish I could have been there with a microphone. Emily, what are some of your favorite go-to activities for primary music? Oh, there are so many I love. For the older kids, I love to do kind of melody map kind of things, or um, crack the codes have been great. I take my handles and make chord charts for the kids to play. We had great success, lots of fun doing body rhythms. For junior primary, we did a lot of movement activities. Arm circles where you, you know, you circle your arm one way and then freeze with your arms pointing to the right, and then you circle the other way and freeze to the left. Always stopping 
giving that freeze to make sure they're kind of get themselves centered and back to where we are. Magic mirror and partner arm swings. And we did lots of ribbon wands and scarves. We had several children in that ward who were special needs. And the colors and the feel of the waving of the ribbon wands and the scarves really captured their attention. So we did those a lot. What have been some of your favorite success stories from teaching primary music using these methods? I guess the first one that comes to mind is one little young man who was five or six, um, and he was all over. Very bright young man, very little control over his behavior. He would be under the chairs. He would be doing a headstand in the corner. He would be trying to bang on the piano or climbing in. um, But I found some things that captured his attention. And I would say, I need you to sit in your chair. I'm going to hand this to you, but you're going to keep it still. Always giving the caution, you know, if you can't control it, I'll have to take, you can try next time. But, but I had to find some things that would appeal to him and keep him in his chair. And after it took a while for him to kind of get used to me and the methods, but after a few weeks, maybe, maybe a month, he would come in, he would look at the board or the table where all my stuff was. And he'd be like, Oh, what are we doing today? And he would sit himself down. They weren't chased. They didn't have to chase him around the room anymore. And one day, one Sunday, I taught the song Gethsemane. And when this young man came in, I could tell he'd had a difficult morning and a difficult sacrament meeting. He was just all over the place. And he calmed down a little bit, but but not, it, it was still a bit of a struggle to keep his attention. And I thought, oh, I don't know if he's getting anything out of this today. Then a couple hours after church, I get a text from his mom, Emily. I need to know what song you taught in primary today. I had a terrible day at church. I almost went home. And when we finally got home, I said to myself, I'm not going back. I can't do this. But then our old man spent the next three hours singing Gethsemane over and over. And that is exactly what my soul needed. I need to know what that song is so I, so we can sing it in our family. And I thought, he got something. <laughs> Even though it appeared he wasn't paying attention. And he was doing his own thing. He got something out of that. And because he got something of that, the rest of his family got something out of that. That was early on in that calling. And one of the first experiences I had with a, a really obvious success of using some of these methods. And I thought, bingo, this is it. This is what these kids need. And this is what family needs. And so it was it was just really fun for the next several years to, to have that watch that young man kind of grow into himself and mature and watch his younger brothers come through and watch them respond and learn um, and increase their testimonies because there were methods that reached them where they were and that helped them. So that's one of the very first successes I had with these methods. We had another young woman who was on the older end of primary. She was 11, special needs. She would come and she would sit in the back on the back row with a book or a notebook to color in. And I would you know, hand out scarves or I would hand out rhythm sticks. No, no, she didn't, she didn't want to do any of it. Then one day I had the handbells there and I had them out on the table and she could see them and I could see she was looking at them. And when I got to the song we were going to use the handbells on, I said, I need, and before I even said what I needed, her hand went up for the first time ever in primary. I want to do it. I want to do it. Okay. I'll bring the handbells every other week for the rest of the time you're in primary, if it will get you to participate. And she got there and 
rang her bell. She struggled with rhythm and with words. She struggled to read, but she wanted to participate. She wanted to ring that bell. And she went for the first time after primary, when her mom picked her up, she left with a smile on her face and happy that she'd been in seat time. And I thought, boy, what a blessing to be able to reach her, a young one who has a lot of struggles in her life, but she now has some connection with the spirit because I used something that connected with her in primary and got her engaged. And then the last one I'll share, unless, unless you want more, I have a lot. <laughs> we had a young man who was probably six years old at the time who started coming to primary with his grandparents. His dad was not coming to church and the grandparents really wanted him to come. So he would come, but he knew his dad was not coming and his dad was going to go off, and, you know, go fishing or hiking or whatever. And so he, he did not like to come. His grandma would bring him to Mary and say, there's Sister Pitts. And he'd say, I don't want to be here. He'd turn around and say, I don't want to stay. And she would coax him to stay. And I thought, I, I'm going to reach this kid. I'm going to do whatever it takes to reach him and make him love primary. So on the days he wasn't there, because he split time, his parents were divorced and he was splitting time. On the days he wasn't there, I would find his grandma and say, Cindy, here's what we did. Here's something for Silas. You know, here's a ribbon wand. Here's a, and I would send it home with her because he told me his grandpa sang primary songs to him when it was bedtime. So I'm like, well, I know they're singing. I'm going to give them, I'm going to tell them what we're singing. I'm going to give the tools to sing it with them. And very slowly over a couple of years, he quit saying, I hate primary. I don't want to come. He didn't want to participate. He didn't want to sing, but he would come. And then gradually he would hold the wand, but he didn't want to sing. Or he would do the movements, but he didn't want to sing. And then fast forward the day my husband was released. We knew that the ward was going to, boundaries were going to be rearranged. And my husband and I had been told, the whole entire ward hadn't been told, but we had been told the ward would no longer exist. And that we would be in one ward and almost everyone else from the ward would be split into other wards. And so I scrapped all the plans I had made and I quickly texted all the parents on Saturday night and said, I need your child's favorite primary song. And I just had a big list of all the pri their favorite primary songs. And I started with, I'm a child of God, because that's my husband's favorite primary song. And I had been telling him for years, when you're released as bishop, I'm going to have you come in and we're going to sing your favorite primary song. So I had him come in. We're going to sing songs. We're just going to sing favorite songs today. And you can tell me why it's your favorite song if you want, but you don't have to. First one we're going to sing is I am a child of God because that's the bishop's favorite song. And then I turned to this young man who had started primary, hating primary, not wanting to come and said, that's your favorite song. Your grandpa told me that was your favorite song. Would you like to come stand by the bishop and sing that song? And he stood up and he smiled and he said, yes. And he went and stood by my husband and we started singing and reached up and held my husband's hand. <laughs> Sorry. As we say, I'm a child of God. And I can see that that message that, that he was a child of God had sunk into that child's heart. And I thought, what, what a blessing to be able to witness that, to witness the child go from I hate this to I love this. I love this song. And I love my grandparents for bringing me here. And I love the feelings that I have while I'm here. So that was one of my biggest successes, I think. I don't know. I have a lot of them, <laughs> um, but it was just, it was a blessing to me to see that. And it was a blessing for that child, I think, to realize I am a child of God and I have a purpose here and I love to be here. And I, I think about him a lot and hope that that is still sunk deep in his heart and that he still feels that what he felt that day. This is so beautiful. I'm losing all my makeup by crying over here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing these. So if you had to speak to someone as you were stake music leader, if you had to speak to someone and say, here are some key things for teaching primary music, what would you tell them? I would tell them more singing and less talking. I would tell them that feeling the spirit and being reverent does not necessarily mean sitting quietly in your seat with your arms folded and that primary music should be joyful. They should feel the joy of the gospel as they sing these songs. And then I would challenge them to learn methods that increase the children's ability to learn the songs and to feel the songs. And my goal as primary music leader was to make primary songs the soundtrack of their life. I taught them the Macarena movements to one of the primary songs. The Lord commanded me to go and get the plates, right? You can do the Macarena to that. And I said, I want them when they're 16 and the steak dance and the Macarena comes on, I want them to think the Lord commanded me to find ways that make it part of who they are, because that's what they'll remember about primary. They won't remember a particular lesson. They won't remember a particular talk, but they'll remember the songs and they'll remember the feeling they had when they learned those songs and what it meant to them. That's beautiful. I really like that. Thank you for listening and a special thank you to Dana Carden for composing our music.